Hi, I'm Melanie Welch, and this is the Unmaking Me podcast. Here, we have a space to talk about the experience of transforming our lives to build a life full of joy and purpose. If you're feeling unsatisfied with your life, even though you've achieved all the things that society has wanted from you, this is a place for you. We connect about our experience as we learn, grow, and heal those tender parts of ourselves to allow for something beautiful to emerge. These are just my opinions, beliefs, and experiences, and in no way a substitute for care from your qualified healthcare provider. Welcome to Unmaking Me. I'm Melanie Welch. I am so excited today. I have such a privilege of being with Oksana Ormanova. She is a physician and a spiritual healer, and we're going to dive into a fascinating conversation today. I'm very excited. Welcome, Oksana. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Melanie. It's so great to be here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, Oksana, let's dive in. Can you tell us about your story and how it got you to where you are today? Let's see, where do I start? I was born in a little town near Bordovis, Mongolia. It's a little republic called Tula. And some people might maybe know about, it's famous for throat singers. It's uh, people who who do throat singers. So this is where they come from. And uh, so this is where I was born. And I grew up in Siberia. Since I was a child, I always wanted to help people. Mm. And my mom was a physician. And I used to make rounds with her when I was, I don't know, three years old. (laughs) So, um, and I just knew I want to help people. I want to heal people. Hmm. And so naturally, I guess the progression was I went to medical school and I did my medical school in Siberia. And then my love journey took me to Europe and I lived in a few countries in Europe. And then I came to United States and did my residency in Hawaii. After residency, I stayed in Hawaii and I worked as a hospitalist in a few hospitals. The big part of me, ever since I was a child, I was very intuitive. Mm -hmm. So um, I could intuit things, I could see things that other people didn't. And even when I was in medical school, after my classes, I will go and work in a clinic where I would just put my hands on, on people and people would get healed so people would feel better yes it has been a life journey and i've been doing my healing work and doing spiritual teaching spiritual healing as i was working as a physician but i was doing it outside the hospital and gradually you know i was getting messages that i need to do it full-time and my big passion is helping physicians helping with their burnout helping to overcome stress and helping them to heal themselves mm-hmm. so they can help other people mm-hmm. yes so important this is i think one of the the topics that i am most passionate about as well helping healers heal themselves mm-hmm. because i think there are so many challenges with the way that we learn to sacrifice ourselves for others and it's a beautiful gift to be able to care for other people but then there are consequences to that in terms of our own self-care what do you think are the key pieces that we should consider as physicians when we're caring for ourselves or there's there some things that we should keep in mind yes this is a great question because again um most of us we went to medical school because we want to help people right because mm-hmm. we are healers and what i see um Again, I work with a lot of physicians, coaches, therapists. And so what I see, a lot of them are very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And 
what's happening, you know, and there's a term for that, it's um, some people call themselves empaths, which means we're very sensitive to other people's energies, emotions, and we're absorbing it. So then what starts happening, it's they start feeling tired mm-hmm. <laughs> or they start feeling sad. So because as physicians, we deal with human suffering and pain on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. So and it's so it's be, being able to recognize that it's oh wait a minute maybe some of the emotions I'm having it's not even mine right mm-hmm. so am I picking it up from somebody am I picking it up from the patient I just saw so this just having that awareness it's it's key right mm-hmm. and another part of it yes self care however whatever it means for you so either it's yoga is it's meditation spending time in nature mm-hmm. where you dedicate the time for yourself so this is I, I find it very very important and this is when i work with my clients i have to remind them of that so, so for me it was a lifesaver so i work as a hospitalist for 20 years and i meditated every day so before i go to work i would sit in meditation and prepare myself for the day when i leave work I would, in a sense, energetically leave my world behind. And so I use particular tools and techniques, meditation techniques, how to do that. Yes, I see especially now so many physicians struggling with that. Yes. And, and sometimes they don't know what the options are, right? Mm-hmm. So what can they do? Yeah, so I would say awareness, recognizing that, and taking steps to do something that again brings them joy for example because mm-hmm. joy is very high vibration so this i would say first awareness is a key and then acting on it creating space for yourself mm-hmm. to do things which again nurture your mind body and soul thank you i think this is so important i've only recently realized how much i think of other people's energy that it is that i'm taking home and and started to work on exactly as you've suggested myself being in nature strategies mm-hmm. around mindfulness i found that personally extremely helpful but i think it's such an important point about how how to realize how what is other people's emotion that, that i'm taking on and what's my own mm-hmm. are there strategies in the moment that you experienced anything yourself that was helpful in navigating in a situation like that, or it could be a physician or any person who is in a situation where they feel that they're absorbing other people's emotions. How do we navigate that? What's the best way to navigate that situation? It's first, again, awareness, right? Because I would say majority of people, we don't even pay attention to it, right? We don't Mm -hmm. recognize it. And then another part is physicians. It's even sometimes maybe, um, we taught that in medical school or so many times patients would tell me, oh, you don't know how I feel, right? Because you're not in this situation. You're not in this pain. And sometimes even this like push, you're supposed to feel what they're feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And what I teach people as especially physicians or therapists, there is such a big difference between, difference between sympathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Even my clients I work with, they tell like, oh, Yes, I know I am, am, I am an empath, but this is what makes me feel the patients, right? So it mm-hmm. makes me feel where they are so I can relate better to mm-hmm. them. <laughs> and I say, yes, it's a great quality to have because it's also sometimes 
you know, your intuition comes from that, right? Yes. Or a lot of times what happens, empaths, we're feeling the energy with lower chakras. We're feeling the energy with second chakra, which is like mm. a feeling chakra. Okay. So, and they start absorbing it. And sympathy is, and you probably, you know, we all experience sympathy where let's say your friend going through something and they feel miserable is it's they go through divorce or whatever it is right mm-hmm. financial career shift so the sympathy would be where you go okay poor you right mm-hmm. i know poor you i feel your pain and so in a sense you match them in that energy right so you feel oh poor you what can i do you know poor you right mm-hmm. so what i mean by that it's we're already in the hole and when you feel that way towards them, it makes them stay in that hole. And this is what sympathy is, right? Yes. But compassion is very different. Compassion is where you see somebody suffering, but you know that, okay, we're in this moment of suffering, but there is so much more to them than just being in this problem, being in that suffering. You know that we have the full potential to overcome it. Right? Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you see the light in them. You see the hope, which they might not see that at that moment, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, and so when you relate from the space of compassion, you're also not becoming them. You're not becoming their problem. You're not becoming their pain. In a sense, you go like, oh, I know what you're going through. And I know there's the light at, at the end of the tunnel. And I see it. How can I help you Mm. to see that too? Right? Yes. So, and it's just different vibration. And what starts happening, because you see the full potential, you truly see the light who they are with all the abilities to overcome what we're dealing with, their vibration starts to step up and they start to feel it, right? They start to to see it. And this is what's so important for us physicians. And this is what I teach clients how to be in state of compassion rather than state of sympathy because also when you're in compassion you're able to maintain neutrality right yes so and neutrality doesn't mean coldness it doesn't mean building the wall neutrality is you're able to be with them you're able to be with them where they are you don't have to avoid them because you know so many people when somebody's going through hard time and they're in a bad mood or they're sad, they're crying. Sometimes people just want to run away. Yes, <laughs> right? so much, so, yes. But when you're in compassion, you're neutral to that, right? So you're not tr- trying to change them. You're not trying to shift and tell them like, oh my God, you, sh- you know, this is not okay how you're feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Snap out of it. Instead, instead, you're allowing them to be there and guiding them to come out of it. This is what I see so much is this training is needed for physicians because we are not taught that in medical school, right? Not at all. No. I've been thinking about these related topics around boundaries and self-compassion and how to, and empathy, but I've mm-hmm. never heard it described this way. And it makes perfect sense. It's so true that kind of getting dragged down into the whole imagery mm-hmm. is so evocative. So thank you for sharing that. I, it's really changing my perspective on this topic. And it's even just given an example. And I remember when I was working as a hospital, there is, I mean, sometimes, yes, we see 20 patients, right? And let's say, and I just remember these examples, I would walk in and see the patient who's had stage four cancer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where, you know, the whole family 
the patient when in that state of despair, right? Pain. Mm-hmm. And I communicate with them. I see the patient and then I go to see the next patient and I go to see the next patient and I have to cheer them up, right? I have to be present with the next patient. So I don't, I, I don't carry that mm-hmm. um, from patient mm-hmm. to patient, that grief and pain, because then it just will bring the energy down. But when you're in compassion, you're like, okay, I know what you're going through, but I know you're able to come out of it. And I hold the higher vision of you, higher vision of your health, your healing. The equanimity of being able to allow them to be where they are too. It's really exactly. meeting them where they are. Exactly. And not taking that on. I think that's so fascinating. Thank you for that description. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really interesting. There's so many threads that I wanted to pull on from that discussion. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could be like a just, it, it could be all day discussion. <laughs> yes, there's so much there are here. so many threads. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. You spoke about intuition and I've been thinking a mm-hmm. lot about this. I, I've been trying to sort out for myself how much I make decisions in life with intuition because I have always felt that I even clinically I do feel like so much is intuition and trying to sort out for myself you know am I using logic or am I using my training or is it intuition that that's guiding me a particular direction how did you find that when you were working as a hospitalist to balance the evidence-based guidelines with those intuitive feelings that led you in a particular direction like exactly what you said it's a balance right so because we are in practicing medicine, there is guidelines and, and so forth. So, and we have to follow those guidelines, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we are in a clinical setting, for me, sometimes intuition is, could be quiet, right? So sometimes it just would be, oh, I need to do this, right? Or I need to, like speaking of clinical medicine, get this test. And even my mind could be screaming like, no, you know, it just, it's not possible. And so sometimes this voice can be very very quiet and Mm. you just follow it you just start trusting yourself yes and what i find again with a lot of physicians i work and i teach intuition i teach how to develop intuition for um, physicians and other practitioners what i find a lot of physicians have intuition but they go like oh no like you have it (laughs) but i don't and i said no i see it i see you have great intuition but it's just about trusting it and acting on it and not beating yourself up when let's say you followed something you follow your guidance and maybe things didn't turn out the way you expected mm-hmm. because maybe it was it you were supposed to go left instead of going right just to give like one example it was many years ago i was driving after work and i was driving home and my usual drive back for a particular you know, road. And, and I was, oh, all of a sudden, when I had to make right turn to go home, I go, oh, no, I go straight. And in my mind was, okay, maybe I just go straight because there is a beautiful full moon setting over the ocean and I could drive and watch the full moon. And it didn't make sense because I was tired. It was late in the evening. I just wanted to get home. And so I'm like, okay, I don't know why. I'm just going straight. And... I just drove further, maybe a mile, and I see a person on the road, in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And so a bicycle, and basically um, he was hit by, a car, by the car. Oh my goodness. And so he was bleeding from the head, from everywhere, blood everywhere. And people were standing, everybody was in shock, and they didn't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then of course, you know... <laughs> I had to take over and I had to start managing the situation, call 911, and I was trying to help this person. So this was my intuition guiding me. I had to go straight 
because this was was happening mile ahead of me mm. but consciously wow. right i would not know it and sometimes this is as healers especially we uh let certain ways it's a matter of listening to it like you say because exactly i've had several situations whether that's clinically or in my life outside where i've had like an intuitive hit and then i i second mm -hmm. guess it and i go with the kind of the logical route like kind of work it out more logically and then in the end i'll find out that that intuition meant something but i wasn't i didn't have the courage to follow it or the other situation i find is that i just don't even give myself enough space or quiet and i think this is true for mm -hmm. so many of us we just don't have enough space to hear the intuition that we receive great exactly what you said right so it's and sometimes our mind gets in a way it's like mine would be like oh it doesn't make sense right why do you want to go straight you have just turned right and you know it's yes. nine o'clock in the evening and you you have to wake up five o'clock in the morning next day to go to work and it's also developing it it's trusting it's listening to it and the more you trust it will unfold but we all have intuition right so it's like our sense of smell it's, it's our hearing it's we see things we all have intuition and it's just a matter of trusting it and developing it. i think that's so true and such an important lesson i think because it is very valuable but it's easy to mm -hmm. second guess it and to kind of override it you also spoke about joy and this is something i've been really thinking about lately that you know i think in many ways whether that's medicine or just our culture in general we're kind of taught that we shouldn't feel that much joy or that we should get little hits of it but we start to worry that that's not going to last and then we end up sabotaging that joy in some way one of my teachers i've been working with has taught me this concept that we should train our nervous systems to actually be able to experience more joy over time and mm -hmm. i've been really thinking about that lately you spoke about joy how do you recommend we start on the path to being able to allow more into our lives that's a great question you can choose how you feel right mm -hmm. So in a sense, you can choose to feel joyful. And again, like you said, training your brain, for example, right? To remember that sense. Um, so doing things which bring you joy. So whatever it is for you, either it's walking in nature or it's dancing, spending time with your family. But sometimes you are in a situations or things happen in life where you're like, joy, where is it? What is it, right? So you, you are in despair, you are in fear, pain, and then just conscious awareness get going, okay, I am going to feel joy. So you're making a decision, you're making okay. a conscious decision that you're going to be joyful, you're going to feel joy. And it just takes practice, right? And it's, you're not, in a sense, faking it, you're not talking yourself into, right? you consciously divine soul deciding okay i'm choosing joy and then you can even say if you're just starting practicing it you can reinforce it let's say you can jump up and down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can turn the music yes right? so first you like start faking until you make it and then your energy starts to shift yes right? because yes. As, as the souls as divine beings we, we are love we are joy and just remembering that for me, for example, when I wake up in the morning, before I even get out of bed, I do a meditation practice and it's five minutes, but I decide that I'm going to spend the joy. I decide the minute I woke up, ta-da, I am in joy. And then I, I just remind myself during the day, you know, things happening, like, no, I'm choosing joy. Things that I love to do that brings me joy, it's again, reinforcing it. So... All of my friends know I love 
swimming with wild dolphins. <laughs> wow, yes. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Dolphins, their natural state, they're very playful. They're very joyful. So their whole vibration is pure joy. Mm. And so when I am around them, it's you feel that, right? Mm. So it's in a sense, it reminds me. It re- they remind me who I am. They remind me that I am. It's my natural state of being is, is being joyful. What an experience. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I've been near wild dolphins on a sailboat in the past, but uh-huh. I can't even imagine what it would be like to swim with them. Are they drawn to you? How do you, how, I'm just so curious about that experience, what that would be like. Yeah. So, um, you know, in the past when I swam with dolphins, when it was um, in certain places in the world, it's allowed. Um, so they're very, very aware beings. And so they, they feel your energy. And they, in a sense, they scan you, they mm. scan your thoughts, they scan your emotions, they know where you are. So if, let's say, they can feel if somebody is angry, they can feel if uh, somebody is going through some pain. Mm. They're actually great healers. So I've seen wow. where dolphins give somebody healing if somebody's, you know, going through some hard time. Wow. And um, so in, this, in certain parts of the world, um, they used to swim with them they already recognize me so they come very close and sometimes you know we look into each other's eyes so they come and start looking into your eyes and play and um, sometimes we start making circles around me going in circle over and over and over it's it's pretty magical no kidding it sounds uh, incredible wow yeah so and that's again my plan is um to uh, take people on a healing retreat with swimming the dolphins amazing Stay tuned. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my goodness, that sounds incredible. One thing that thinking about as we're speaking about this and the topic of of joy, we're often so used to giving and giving of ourselves. And I think we learn that in many ways, probably caregiving professions, I think draw people who are naturally that way. And then also I think it's reinforced by training. There's so much ebb and flow in the universe of giving and receiving, but you know, I think we don't learn the receiving piece. Certainly for me, this has been a real challenge even to ask for help Mm -hmm. or to allow help in. Do you have any advice about this piece? Yes physicians and healers it's our natural state of being is giving right sharing because it's giving it's sharing your resources it's sharing your expertise it's sharing your love and i see it's like a, such a great question now because in so many of my clients i see they have hearts of gold mm-hmm. but they have having hard time receiving it's very interesting so giving and receiving it's exchange of energy so it's it's flow of energy let's say what would help people to receive it's recognizing then when you're able to receive you give an opportunity to another person to give to you Mm -hmm. and how many times you would have let's say a friend or somebody who really admires you or loves you and they buy you this like expensive gift and you go like, oh, no, 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 like, it's too expensive. I can't have it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had that too, because I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's too expensive. And I could see, and I didn't realize before, I would see like the light will dim in, in, in the eyes yes. because I robbed them of opportunity to give to me. Mm-hmm. And yes. because they're coming from space of sharing this, right? They're coming from space of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say no you deny that we're not able to share we're not able to give so it's it's a beautiful flow of energy of giving and receiving and sometimes another caveat on it 
if you having a hard time receiving, sometimes you will attract people in your life, what I call takers. So they can't receive, but you are given and they will be taken and taken and taken from mm -hmm. you, right? Mm -hmm. When it happens, it's a different energy. So basically, we're not benefiting from this taking from you. Either you're giving them money or you're giving them healing or you're giving them your time because they don't appreciate it. Takers, they don't appreciate it. And it starts negatively impacting you. You start feeling yes. drained because you don't, you're not getting this beautiful flow of giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. So somebody takes and takes and takes from you. Hmm. So it's being aware of it and consciously practicing it. And this is what I am working on it still. So exactly every morning I wake up, and I've been working on receiving for the last few months, I remind myself, okay, I am receiving today. And there is this famous quote, giving and receiving are truth and one. And my paraphrase it, it's a, a one and truth, giving and receiving are one and truth. This is something I've been working on too, just mm -hmm. even realizing that it was an issue. And it would be something as small as like a colleague covering my work when I was away. I yes. would just do everything myself and, and mm -hmm. realize that they actually want to help me with that. They, you know, it mm -hmm. is part of that balance of giving and receiving. So I've had to really practice that. And just, it, mm -hmm. it is like so many of these things like joy and like, it's just like titrating it over time so that you can tolerate it for longer periods of time when you're not used to it. It is a learning experience. So it's just so fascinating to hear you describe it. Yes. And again, like exactly what you said, practicing. So next time you just want to say, oh no, it's okay. I got it. Like catch yourself and go, oh no. And and sometimes in the beginning, it might be uncomfortable, right? Yes. So, and but you take a step and you're like, okay, I'm able to receive because the other person who wants to give to you, they benefit from it mm -hmm. because they're able to give to you. Yes, so. exactly. It's a nice way to look at it too, because I think mm -hmm. it allows us, it, it makes it easier to imagine then, because if we're actually doing something in the end, we're actually doing something for that person as well yes. by allowing ourselves to receive then. Yeah, that mm -hmm. it's easier to, to swallow sometimes, I think. But, you know, as physicians, we are taught and, and, and our, our whole society is, especially physicians, you have to be self-reliable, right? You, you have to be pulled together all the time. Yes. You know, if you're asking for help, even it's, it's a weakness. Exactly. So, and it's not true. Exactly. I've had to learn that over the last while and really practice this. It's still a work in progress for me, but I'm getting there. Hey, like I said, I'm working on it too. <laughs> Every morning I wake up and receive. And then throughout the day, when situations like that come up and I catch myself, okay, receive. One of the things I really want to focus on in this podcast is helping people build and transform their life to look how they want it to, to be able to feel joy, to be able to find fulfillment. Do you have any advice for us around how we create that kind of environment? Like what do we do to get to a point where we want our lives to look the way we want them to be? First, again, it's awareness it's a great start right it's you decide for yourself that okay this is what i would like how i would like to feel this is how i would like to live my life right it's you start with your conscious decision hmm. and then and again it's you know nobody out there decides how you're supposed to feel or how you should live your life even though um, on the surface, it seems like that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so you are the creator of your 
life. You are the creator of experiences you want to have in your life. And so starting with awareness and then taking steps towards it. So mm. whichever steps help you to solidify it, right? So if you wanted to have more time for yourself or you want to um, exercise, so yes, you start with five minutes a day or you want to meditate and realizing sometimes we don't have to know the big picture, right? We don't mm -hmm. have to know 100 steps ahead we have to take. Mm -hmm. So, but when you take the first step, the next step will show up, right? Mm -hmm. So, but if you never take the first step, you sitting in that same energy. Another part is surrounding yourself with people who love and support you, people mm -hmm. who cheering you up. Again, having an experiences which bring you joy. So whatever whatever it is for you, right? So I always say to people, like spending time in nature, mm -hmm. it's very, very healing. Yes. So, but yes, we are the ones who create our life, mm -hmm. regardless what's going on in the world, regardless what other people tell us we can do and we cannot do. Having courage and having commitment to yourself and commitment to your purpose, commitment to um, what you came here to do on this planet. I think that piece is so important. How do we find our purpose? How, how do we identify for ourselves what that is? Starting with just the simple question, asking yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, because most people on the planet, they don't even bother asking this question, why mm. I'm here, right? Mm, yes. So why I'm here? What's my purpose for being here? Mm and see what starts coming up and and listening right sometimes the answer might be very quiet mm -hmm. or sometimes it might take you a few days to get the answer but you listen and go from there mm -hmm. and again it's you know the meant to be here on this beautiful planet to share our gifts to live in joy live in um love right Mm -hmm. sharing giving receiving and expressing who we are expressing our gifts so then when you're doing that you know um, you're fulfilling your purpose as physicians so many of us we are healers or even other people who came here to express being a healers so let's say someone is a physician another person is a massage therapist another part person we express the healing because they just love to bake, right? And they make this elaborate cookies or cakes. And this is how they express the healing energy, right? They serve people. Um, and everybody who, you know, eats a cakes, hopefully, you know, not so much sugar <laughs> <laughs> and gluten-free. So they get to benefit from it. So it's really how we share our gifts, mm. what's inside of us. And having joy doing that. So because then you're on your path. Everything aligns in your life to support you on your path. I've only realized that recently that those times when you feel you're in flow or feel joyful with what you're doing, that's it. Like you've hit on mm -hmm. something that's really important and that is somehow linked to your purpose. Eh? Because then you're being yourself. You're truly being yourself. What a beautiful message. Thank you so much. I feel like I could speak to you all day. There's so much <laughs> to learn. Are there any other things that you wanted to share with us? Any messages that you think would be important for people to know? Start with awareness. 
and make a choice, make a conscious choice how you would like to live your life. Mm. How would you like to, uh, what would you like to experience? What, um, how would you like to feel, right? And, um, and have joy. And again, people need more joy and playfulness, especially right now. Yes. And just start bringing it in in your life. Listen to yourself. Listen to your intuition. You're always supported. You're always guided. And you're never alone. And especially now I see a lot of people, you know, feel that way, feel in isolation. And I always remind people, you're never alone. Thank you. We talked a little bit about some of the tools for transformation that I try to gather for people just to see if there are any recommendations they have. Are there any recommendations that you would have around a tool that could help people, whether that's a song or a film or a TV show or an experience that you would recommend to people to consider as they're on their path of, of transformation? a great question experience meditating there are so many different types of meditation but it's tuning into yourself right quieting your mind so even if you can spend a few minutes a day being in nature is very very healing sometimes i tell people just walking in the forest again whatever is self-care means to you getting a massage or whatever it resonates with somebody and you know, about books, I mean, in my life, I read so many books and each book had a piece of wisdom, right? And sometimes mm -hmm. it was different um, opinions. Sometimes it was different pieces of the puzzle. So I don't know, it's hard for me to like pick one book. I get that. <laughs> they all carry different mm -hmm. wisdom, but ask your intuition to lead you to write book. Mm -hmm. What's the right mm -hmm. book or what right TV program? you need to watch right now to help you move along movies same thing i remember one and i don't even remember it's, it must be very very old movie but when i was 17 i remember and i was in siberia i went to watch this movie and it was about a healer somewhere in bulgaria or something yeah it was in bulgaria and it was about all the men who would just put his hands on people and people will get healed Hmm. And I remember watching this movie and I thought, oh my God, this is what I want to do. <laughs> this is, if I could just do that, right, to heal people. Hmm. And it just stuck with me for the rest of my life. Wow. Thank you so much. It has been such a gift to get to spend this time with you. Yes, I've learned Melody. so much. My pleasure. Yes, anytime. Thank you so much to Oksana Ormanova for being here and sharing her wisdom with me. I learned so much from her during this episode, and it was such a pleasure just to spend some time with her. Uh, please connect with Oksana at her website, www.divinewellnessmd.com. And to connect with me, let me know what you think of this episode. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram. I'm at MelanieIsA3. And also, I so appreciate it when you rate, review the podcast, and subscribe. It, it really helps me to continue to improve, and I really appreciate your feedback. And uh, I also would love uh, if you would be willing to share this episode or another one of my episodes with someone you think might benefit. Now, here are our takeaways for today's episode. Number one, create space for yourself to nurture your mind, body, and soul. Number two, Identify the times you're in sympathy versus compassion. See the potential in people to overcome and help them see it too. Number three, we all have intuition. Find a way to balance trusting your intuition with logic. Number four, 
You can choose to feel joyful. Do things that bring you joy and practice that feeling. Number five, receiving love and support can be uncomfortable. Practice allowing people to care for you. Number six, nobody else can determine how you live your life, even if it often feels like they can. Number seven, take the first step. The next step will show up. You don't have to know the outcome to get started. Number eight, build in experiences that bring you joy, whether it's meditation, being in nature, creating something, listening to music, or laughing. Number nine, ask yourself, what's my purpose for being here? Number 10, when you're feeling joyful and are being yourself, it's a clue that this is something connected to your purpose. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you back next week.